Bald Men on Campus with Jay Billis, LaFonso Ellis, and Seth Greenberg. Welcome to Bald Men on Campus. I'm Seth Greenberg, joined by my man, LaFonso Ellis, whose hair is fully back on defense, but he has the ability to protect the rim, so we're just fine. Now, Jay Billis is not here because uh, as Fonz, he's scheduled a hair appointment during the course of this podcast. But you know who we are going to have, Fonz? We're going to have the great Ed Cooley, the head coach of Providence, who probably is in a conversation for coach of the year. Yes. Uh, And Ed's done an amazing job. And uh, if you think about it, get old, stay old. Well, that Providence team is old, but they find a way to win close games. (laughs) Yes. But Fonz, let's look back. Let's take take a step back. Uh, Rewind. Exactly. Between the weekend mm-hmm. and Monday, mm-hmm. what's your biggest takeaway? Wow. Um, I, I, I'm still kind of simmering off of last night, uh, Seth, with uh, Kansas, because uh, you and I pointed out several weeks ago how Ochai Baji centric that offense is. And so we saw a Kentucky team roll into Lawrence and they basically face guarded them the entire night, forcing Kansas to have to play four and four on the backside. And that works so well for Kansas. He struggled and Kansas struggled. So we look at the Texas game last night, what they do, they did the exact same thing. I mean, you talk about a guy who's a national player of the year candidate, Seth, he only got seven shots up last night. I was really impressed with how coach Beard kind of took a little page out of Kentucky's book applied that defensive game plan and they executed it beautifully to be able to get a one point win on their home floor. Does this make you uh, have a greater concern about Kansas? Cause let's face it, Kansas get, gets whacked by Kentucky. Yes. And bounces back and has back to back really good wins. They beat yes. Taylor, they beat Iowa state yep. on the road. And all of a sudden you say, wait a second, is the light bulb on a little bit? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you see more of Jalen Wilson, you see, uh, you know, more of uh, Dewan Harris, you see yeah. more of, you know, obviously Christian Brown's been good all season. Mm-hmm. McCormick starts to play better. Mm-hmm. But then last night against a let, let, let's face it, when you think about the Big Twelve Conference, the defense played in the Big Twelve Conference <laughs> is, incredible. Is, yeah. is 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 next level. Five teams in the top fifty in defensive efficiency. Yeah, all a little bit different, but mm-hmm. a lot of them sideline oriented. Yes, uh, does that make you have a concern? Big picture. Mm-hmm of Kansas in the NCAA tournament because Wilson has been better in the last seven years, 14 points, eight rebounds. You know, we've seen, obviously Christian Brown's been good all season Mm -hmm. long. David McCormick's been better on the offensive glass and he's finished a little bit better. But last night at Texas, at Texas, Uh big time environment, Mm -hmm. uh, they don't win. So are we going to be, you know, basically – you know, creatures of the moment and just say, oh, yeah, Frank, forget, you know, I'll tell you what, <laughs> Kansas has got too many. Or are we going right. to say, look, college basketball is hard to win a game. You're playing on the road uh, against a good Texas team, not yeah. a great Texas team, but they can really guard. Good defensively. Yeah. I mean, they had a bank, bank a shot in. Trey Mitchell banks a shot in. <laughs> yes. uh, From three. Was and then, you know, Carr gets in the lane, kicks it back. I mean, Carr yeah. makes a, uh, almost a half court shot at, at the end of the first half, a three pointer yeah. that obviously would. So, there are some things like Kansas, Kansas had that game under control. Yeah. And Texas made some plays. So, I mean, mm-hmm. are you just 
are you basically discarding Kansas? No, they're they're on the couch for now, for for sure. Not not completely divorced. From That's them, a very crowded place to couch. <laughs> I mean, you in the couch? Someone is always on the couch. <laughs> Purdue's on the couch. Kansas on the couch. Because you, you, you mentioned two teams. Baylor, of course, has been dealing with a little bit of uh, COVID protocols. LJ Cryer, their leading scorer, has been out. And so, obviously, they, they've struggled a little bit with consistency with that. And, and so, uh, I didn't think that that Baylor win was as great of a win without LJ Cryer, right? And then, and, and, and then we get they to... They drilled them, Fonz. That oh, wasn't a win. That was a but, shellacking. But James Akinjo was 0-4-11 from the floor. Well, that's, that's part of the shellacking. That, that's an aberration. Then we get to Iowa State. I love how hard uh, TJ's team plays. But as you know, they're offensively challenged. And so I agree with you. Two, two, two good wins there, but you know those are kind of asterisk wins in my mind. But they're on the couch right now until they can get Remy Martin back. I don't think we know how good Kansas could be without until Remy Martin gets back on the floor. Well, uh, if they're on the couch, they have company. Paolo <laughs> Bancaro last night got one shot, <laughs> one shot in the whole second half, and that one shot was a desperation heave yes. to try to tie up the game. Yes, And uh, this is a consistent theme. And, you know, yes, they did get him the ball the next to last possession of the game. He lost the ball in a turnover. But Paolo Bancaro, if you're the first pick in the draft, if you're a top five lottery pick, if you're uh, everyone who we think you are, there's no way in the world. Uh, get an offensive rebound. Bust yes. out a, a defensive rebound and get out in transition. Mm-hmm. To me, if Duke does not, improve their ability to play out of double teams when Paulo catches it on the block. Yes. They don't figure out a way to get him the ball where he wants it, when he wants mm-hmm. it. Uh, they're going to get knocked out in the NCAA tournament, not because yes. they're not good enough, but because they're not prepared enough to play a close game and play through mm-hmm. the best player. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, this is a recurring theme. And I don't want to take anything away from Virginia. No. 50 Virginia points in the paint. Yes. They spread them out. They drove them. Coach K said uh-huh. after the game that, hey, they didn't deserve to win. Right. That's great. You didn't deserve to win, but you were in position to win. Yes. And and when you're positioned to win in the NCAA tournament, you might not deserve to win, but you better win that game if you can advance in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. So, like, like, to me, I look at, at Duke as a little bit of a head scratcher. Uh, uh-huh. Like, come on now. I mean, we look at you. You're Now you're a second seed close to a third seed, which is going to be a killer third seed. Yes. You've got Ben Carey. You've got Mark Williams. You've got – Jeremy Roach was playing very, very well, but yes. Jeremy Roach, you chin the ball, you get the ball back up one. You got to, you got to chin it yes. before you put. You can't let yourself get the ball stripped. And then at the end uh-huh. of the game, underneath out of bounds, you Mark Williams is on the ball because he wanted to start passing lanes. He almost gets a deflection. The ball goes to the corner. He chases it out, and then for some reason, he just leaves the basketball. Retreats, yeah. Jeremy Roach gets pinned in by the middle, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's a wide open Beekman who, you know, made, you know, it's not a great three point shooter, made a tough right. shot. But I mean, that's my concern. I mean, my concern for Duke is the little things yes. that, that force you to lose. So, I mean, like, that's a concern. I, I, I know uh, you were preaching the last night. I mean, they're on the couch, <laughs> and you were, pre- you were right on the pulpit yesterday. I mean, you were like, <laughs> you know, you were congregation, let's stand yeah. up. I, I, I'm trying to get them to live up to the, the, the standards, uh, and, and, and you covered it uh, beautifully. And I would add this. Seth, they don't play hard all the time. They, they don't play with a sense of urgency to win the game. You could say we, we, and I know I've been on Paolo pretty hard. He's a talented dude and I love watching him play, but he's jogging. 
and and Duke tends to jog a little bit a little bit with him. And I, I think that the added piece of it is when you're the dude on your team, you've got to want it and demand it where you where you want the ball on the floor. And it could be just a product of the fact that he's just a freshman, but I'd like to see that more from him. And to your point, Seth, in the NCAA tournament, they're going to play against a little bit inferior team, probably a little smaller team. And the fact that they can't defend the ball, how many times did they had? How many times did they have to go to zone last but night? But they did. They wait, whoa, whoa, wait a sec. Television, they did a great job defending the ball against North Carolina. North Carolina doesn't have the driver. I, North Carolina doesn't have the driver. Oh, there. come on. Caleb come Love, R.J. Davis. Oh, stop. Come on. Stop. Come on. Beekman and Kihei Clark. Come on. They wait, wait, no, no. I don't think they I don't think they were committed to defending the ball. So here's my thing. What? How hard was it as a player? Mm-hmm. You have a big win. Mm-hmm. All right. Diggers wearing a carnation. Right. <laughs> How hard is it to validate that win? <laughs> uh, there, there, there could be a bit of uh, yeah, yeah, a little regression in terms of intensity and 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 fight. And 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 I'll I'll give you a little bit on that, Seth. I'll, I'll give you a little bit of room on that one. That 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 could have been possible, but I, I just they're at home. <laughs> you 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 got to pull that game out uh, at, at home, and I just didn't think they had a sense of urgency on the defensive end. And again, Paolo's got to really want and demand the basketball. He's the best player out there on the floor. There's no person in America that can guard that kid because if you put a big on him, he can take you out in space and and get by you with the dribble and finish. And obviously, if you're smaller at at six ten, two hundred fifty five pounds, he is impossible to guard down in the box. So. You know, all, all of that sounds is, good. It's not a complete divorce, though, Seth. Not a complete divorce. They're on the couch. Like, here's the thing. We talk about, oh, he's got all these toys in the bag, and he's got yeah. he's like a little kid at Christmas. Here's the deal. Does he really? Like, like he, he, here's the deal. Like, if you wanted to catch it in the post, Vons, mm-hmm. you'd catch it in the post. You wouldn't get yes. pushed off the, off the lane nope. to 17 feet. Nope. Are you, all right now, Duke's got to figure out a way for him to duck him in or to get him in the middle like Purdue does yes. right in front of the rim or whatever. That's right. That's all right? right. And then if you're going to catch it on the perimeter, you know what you can't do? What? You can't put three legs behind the back spin <laughs> if you haven't gone anywhere. That's right. Like, like dude, I can yeah. see you can dribble the ball. Yes. But the whole idea is to get by your man. That's true. So like, everyone talks about all those things, and, and, and they're great, but, like, the best players can get a shot when they want it. And then they got to learn how to play out of double teams. I'll tell you the team that really impressed me, though, is, Who's that? is Kentucky. Mm. Uh, to go in a hostile environment uh, and play the way they did. Uh, Damian Collins coming off the bench, giving him some production. Yeah. People say, well, you know, Damian Collins, why was he playing? Well, they played against an Alabama team that doesn't do a great job of defending the ball. Right. All right. They played against the Alabama team that's not overly physical. Bidiaco and Damian Collins are, are similar body types. So, why is he playing in that game? Because I think Cal in his mind said, you know, we can get in the lane. We can force help. What does Damon Collins do? He plays above the rim. He can finish at the yes, basket. Yes, he does. So, yes, he does. So where did he get his baskets? Penetration, throw it to the rim, ducker spot, boom. Yes. But also, I was impressed. And my concern coming into this game was ball screen defense and defensive transition. Okay. Kentucky did a great job defending three. And they did yes. a great job defending the ball screen so they didn't have to overhelp. I thought Oscar did a great job when he was in there, and Damon did a great job of being up on the screen, stringing stuff out so they didn't have to shrink off the wings, yeah. and getting back to the lob overall. Uh, you know, Kentucky, versatility defensively, versatility offensively, uh, 
Uh, just the movement that Kellen Grady gives him because he shoots it so well. Yeah. Keeps it, keeps him spaced pretty good. They're getting great play out of Davion Mintz. Yep. Uh, you know, they're, you know, they're a team that is getting better. Now they, they can't, you know, they can't live on memories. They've got a South Carolina game tonight that, you know, is going to be a tough game. South Carolina mm-hmm. actually has a, a winning record at home against Kentucky under John Calipari, three and two. So, uh, but I, I thought Kentucky was really, really good. Yeah, it's interesting, Seth, when you have uh, so many new players these days, especially uh, when you consider the transfer portal freshmen, I think we tend to kind of overly criticize them early and don't realize that there that there's a process. There's a process of we talk about experience and then we 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 whittle that down a little bit more and say, um, say, combined experience or experiences together. And, and those guys didn't have that. They have so many new players. And as I watch Kentucky each and every week, Seth, they get better and better and better. They get more comfortable with the schemes. They get more comfortable with each other. And then what happens is when you're in a close game late, now all of a sudden you've had that shared experience to kind of go back to. And that ends up being a reservoir that you can go to that helps you win games. And I love the trajectory that, that Kentucky's on. They are very dead. We, I don't think we talk enough about them being a legitimate contender for a Final Four or a national championship because now all of a sudden, as they continue to emerge and evolve, they've got all the pieces. Two guards on either side of the floor who get in the lane and make plays and a guy who's probably in the top two right now along, uh, along with um, – Ed Cooley. Ed Cooley. <laughs> He's went first. You, don't want me. you don't want me on the court. I've been doing that thing to the other team. Hey, I'll throw it inside to you, though, Coach. <laughs> I'll get my Moses Malone going. Hey, Fonz, you haven't experienced anything until you've been to an Ed Cooley practice. I just want to let you know that. I, like, let's see. I mean, like, I, mean, I, mean, he, I mean, look, I understand he's Providence's own. All right, but he's also Providence's own. There's no experience, Coach Cooley. What? How would you? How would you describe a practice with the Providence Friars? Um, really physical, mm. really physical, very disciplined. We have fun in there, though. Like, I mean, I'll put. I'll say, okay, we got three minutes to be great right here. And sometimes I'll ask the players, well, what do you want to do here? We got to get better at transition defense, blocking out, and post passing. Pick one of those things that we got three minutes to get better at it. So try to have them coach, try to have them have ownership on what they want to do. And then when it comes to the game, when it counts, they come to me and tell me what they want to do because they've practiced it in some way. So, I mean, that's mm-hmm. been, that's been a big, big change with this group. Really big, really, really big. Uh, a great example of that in three of our games this year that we won and it was a one possession game. I had something in mind and they trump. They're not coach. We're not running that. We're running this. Let's mm-hmm. run this. Mm-hmm. You have to have faith in your team and you have to have belief in them that they can execute. Yet when they'd say it, they own it. And I'm, I'm willing to, I'm willing to, you know, take a bullet for those guys when, when they own it. And how much of that is a byproduct of the fact that you have the eighth most experienced team in the country? I mean, it means a lot. You know, Durham's played in a lot of games. Manai, a lot of games. Yeah. Nate is older than us. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, Hawker's been, they played a lot of games and all mm-hmm. seven of the seniors play, you know, uh, Durham, Manaya, Hawkler, and Watson are the oldest. 
Yes. And the regular seniors are AJ Jared, um, AJ Jared and Croswell. Mm-hmm. All of them have been in college for a minute. Yeah. So there's nothing that they haven't gone through or heard or seen. And what I'm, what I'm grateful for is I've just been able to coach basketball. You're not coaching issues. You're not coaching attitude. You know, I need more shots. You're not using me, you know, you, you, you're not coaching issues. And man, is that a pleasure? That's like a, a, a sure. gift. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and it's it's been it's been a really, really positive experience for me because it's one of the few that I've had as a head coach not having to deal with quote unquote issues. Sure. You know, the interesting thing, we talk about this every time we visit, and you know, like your story, being back in your town, helping change lives uh and impacting young people in the community that you grew up in, you know, kind of showing them the life you've lived and how you've lived it. And then saying, you know, you can do the same thing. How pridefully are you at the university, obviously, saw that in you and that you've been able to to basically live your dream and live your dream now through the guys whose lives you've impacted? Seth, to be a nine iron away from where I grew up, you know, I never in a million years thought I can be a head coach at Providence College, mm-hmm. let alone be the first black coach here. And... Growing up here where you saw, you know, Gary Walter Waters, who was the coach, yeah. you know, Rick Patino, Gordy Chiesa, you know, that's when I was a young kid and said, man, I want to go to a Friar game and I couldn't. And whoever black wasn't back, I would try to walk in with them and then and then sneak into the Dunkin Donuts Center. And that's real. That's <laughs> real. Wow. Wow. Like to be able to call a timeout in that building and then to see and feel the energy that's in there and the love that's behind it. It's an incredible and it's a story for young men and women who didn't have it right growing up, so to speak, that they thought they weren't worthy or were less than you're not. You know, you got to get lucky. I preach education. There's no tomorrow. There's no player I've ever coached that maximized their eligibility that hasn't graduated. If Mm -hmm. you're here four years, you will 100 percent graduate or you won't play. I don't give a damn how good you are. Mm -hmm. You need we as the guardians of the game have to hold these men accountable to be graduates mm-hmm. because they're going to be 31, 32. Are you lucky to play after that, whether it's in the mm-hmm. NBA or overseas? Mm-hmm. And then who are you? What are you? So for me to be home, pinch me every morning I wake up, babe. Like, and they pay you? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, and, and you, you've had established players like Nate Watson, but you've also really taken advantage of the transfer portal. So you bring in Justin Manaya, you bring in Al Durham. How, how, how have you been able to weave those guys into the context of what you do offensively and defensively? I think it's a credit to them on their buy-in. They have been, they have been gifts, their character, their toughness, their, their, their emotional buy-in. You know, when you have somebody for a year, emotionally, they can be disconnected and just out for them. Mm-hmm. And what I talked to them about was, hey, why not be an NCAA tournament team? So way back in June, we wrote March 13th on the board. Mm-hmm. And every pregame speech I talk about, because, you know, you can't be Newt Rockney every day. You know? <laughs> right. you know, so I just write I just write March 13th and it's only been one player in the roster. And then I'll walk on who's probably our most important player, Andrew Fonts, March 13th, because only Nate has played an NCAA game in, in the whole game. Wow. So guys. You get to that tournament, it can change your life. 
it literally can change your life. Mm-hmm. So that's what I wrote on the board. And I say, hey, we're talented enough. We're old enough. Playing for me, you're damn sure going to be tough enough. Because if you ain't tough, don't even walk in the door. <laughs> well, speaking of, speaking of be tough enough, though, I got a question. The Friar mascot that you Uh-oh. have bouncing around. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I got to be honest with you. We, we, we got to redesign that thing. I mean, the big humongous one. Uh, coach, 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 coach. I'm the basketball coach. When I start worried about what the mascot looks like, <laughs> I mean, like, they, if, if you think I'm worried about them, I don't even see the mascot. In the game, and you know what? If it's that ugly, it's working for us. If it's that bad, it's working. So stay the way you are, baby. All right. Let, let, let's get to an interesting one. You got one of my, one of your assistant coaches, one of my all-time favorites. Yes. All right. My, my man, JB. Absolutely. Uh, you have a veteran staff and you have a staff like, you know, you talk about education while everyone else is talking about NIL. Mm-hmm. How, how is it that you have this veteran staff that's been through the wars who understands to take things off your plate so you can focus on the important stuff. And then they got to go out and recruit. And, you know, everyone talks about education, but people transfer not because of education. People transfer because playing times and shots and everything else. Mm-hmm. How do you ba- how do you balance all that? Because I mean, like like to me, you know, NIL has become bigger than the value of an education. And, and to me, it's mm-hmm. maddening to me because the best way to change your station life is to have a degree, be employable, uh, and and break the cycle. And mm-hmm. I, so, how do you how do you find that balance? Great great topic to talk on. I appreciate it. I'm so fortunate to have literally five head coaches that work with me. And I mean, JB is a godsend. He, he's the silent assassin. <laughs> and I, I always say I'd rather have great evaluators versus recruiters. Hmm. You have to be able to evaluate who can play for Ed Cooley, not who can play at Providence College. There's a big, big difference. Mm-hmm. You know, the most talented guys probably can't play. Not, not that we won't try, but who, what, what is in their DNA that match the way we want to play and the way I coach? Mm-hmm. Number one, our player development. We're, we're not at a school that's going to attract you, Ellis. We, we, we can't, I'm not saying we can't get you in your profile as you grow, but the odds are don't waste time on guys you can't get. Sure. Because today's kid thinks bigger is better, and that's why the portal is loaded right now. Mm-hmm. Find guys that fit us, that know our identity. And I want somebody who wants what we bring to the table. And we talk about this NIL. Now, here's the deal. Look at professional. How many professional athletes do you see on TV with endorsements in men's basketball? LeBron, King. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to be like damn near a Hall of Famer. Baseball players. For right. How many people are actually on television? So what makes you think averaging four points a game <laughs> three times are going to get you know, a $10,000 and no, you got to be real with your dudes, man. Like mm-hmm. be transparent and direct. Yeah. But when you got a staff the way we have, I think Ivan Thomas is a head coach. I think Jeff battles, a head coach. I think Brian Blaney's a head coach. I think LaDante Hinton, who's one of the younger stars in the business coming up. We got a good group, man. And we're all bought in. We're all, you know, it's no, I recruited this one. We nah, man. First of all, the head coach gets the credit. And he gets the criticism. So if you get a great player, the head coach is going to get the credit. But the head coach's job is to make sure that you share the sugar. 
you share what we're doing as an organization, what we're doing as a program, isn't me. It's us. It's together. And ultimately, we'll get where we want to get to with a little bit of luck. That's how I look at this staff and how fortunate we've been. But if you're not direct and open and honest with your guys, kids feel that, man. They know when you they know when you're jiving them. And when you come in my office, you better be ready for real. Like real, real. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Hey, Coach, I want to jump back to uh, Justin Manaya for a second transfer from South Carolina. Uh, did, did you, I knew he was going to be good defensively uh, just because I got a chance to see him play there. Did you know that he'd be able to shoot the basketball as well as he shot it this year? Justin and I spoke. I said, Justin, man, you're afraid of your own shadow sometimes. Like during, the, the other day during the game, mm-hmm. he turned it over. He looked at me. I said, man, just make your next shot because I know you're going to get it back. I said, don't worry about what you can't do. You can shoot, you can pass, you know, you don't have to look at the bench. He needs confidence. Mm. And you know, once you get confident and you know, mm. the dude believes in you, you become mm. a better player. You know, I say, I mean, don't worry about it. It's funny. It was another game at halftime. He came, he said, coach, my, I said, Hey man, can you make two this half? Get me two this half, make two threes this half. I yeah. said, I'm going to dial your number up. I, I said, if you can't make two, you better make one. <laughs> he made three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I get it. The power of encouragement. The power of belief goes beyond a skill. Mm-hmm. It goes mm-hmm. beyond a height. Mm-hmm. If I know you believe in me, I'm going to mm-hmm. give you everything I got. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything. The power of belief is much greater than, you know, I'm a skilled, you know, you know, three point shooter. Man, <laughs> I ain't gonna let you get a shot off, let alone. Shoot it. <laughs> yes. hey, 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 and let me tell you, those conversations, Fonz, uh-huh. I've been a couple of practices. I know they're very real. Verbs, <laughs> adjectives, nouns, you name it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. hey, there's no sugar coat. Hey, there's also no sugar coat in the Big East. Mm. It's a bear. It is. I mean, uh, you've been it before, obviously, realignment. You're in it now. Uh, probably the best it's been. Uh, what, is, what, is, what is the grind of the Big East? Because you guys have rescheduled games. You've had to play more games in a week. Well, well, you know, handicap the Big East to me in terms of places to play on the road and just how, like, how hard it is. I mean, like, it, to me, it seems the commonality within the league creates – just a grind every night. I appreciate you asking that. You know, I think all these leagues are hard. All of them are hard. You know, all the conference, you know, there's different styles of play, Big Mm -hmm. 10, ACC, you know, Big 12. Everybody has their it as a league. Mm -hmm. I think the it in the Big East is toughness. The venues are really, really hard to play. And like when you get off of Lancaster to go play at Villanova, you're down 11. You're down 11 before the bus pulls up to the back door. When you're out at Xavier and you got all those crazy students there, you're down nine. You know, um, Creighton has 18,000 plus. It's it's the venues that are great. The coaching is good. And again, I don't think we got all the freak daddy athletes like the SEC. You know, what sure. I mean? we don't got the, you know, the 6'11 guy that can jump over the Empire State Building. Mm-hmm. But you got a 6'6 dude that'll give him the business. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah, yes. you've got a six, seven guy that can go off the bounce and play five different positions. Mm-hmm. So I think what makes the Big East very unique is the interchangeable pieces up and down everyone's roster. You can go big, you can go small, you can play small ball at any time, and then you can play bully ball. A lot of the rosters are somewhat built the same, mm-hmm. probably with the exception of a Villanova who, 
you know, good luck guarding them and they spread and drive you. And they play bully ball at its greatest. Yeah. You know, I would yeah. say that's that that's that's the uniqueness about the biggies. And it's basketball centric. Mm. You don't have to worry about football and you can't play on Saturday because you got this and you got to go see this recruit for football and nah, 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 nah. Keep footballing, <laughs> keep it moving. Yeah. Now, now Ed, th- th- this is kind of off the cuff a little bit. Now, before you went to the quarter zip, you always had a nice little suit on and looked real nice. So you got a pretty good eye for fashion. Now, I just want to let you know, it- it's fashionable these days to be bald, man. So you you can join the brother. I'm getting it. Like. <laughs> I'm going the other way. I'm turning from the back up. <laughs> I can I'm, see I'm, you. I'm getting there. I can I'm, send you some clippers with five zeros <laughs> that get it pretty close, man. I send you some edges. You're welcome to join, man. There's benefits to being in this brotherhood. I am getting there. Trust me, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm going the other way. Well, are you gonna go? Are you gonna go back to the suits, Coach? I can't tell you how much I love, love the casual wear. You know what I mean? And for me, like you know. How do we as older coaches, I'm 52, I turned 53 in September. How do we stay connected to the younger generation? You know what I mean? Music and fashion. So I always tell the guys, every time I go out and recruiting, I wear my J's, the freshest pair of J's I can. Then in the game, in the game I tell the players, I'll have a new pair of J's on every single game. And, and you know, Right away, you walk in the locker room, they're like, cold. <laughs> yes, that's cold. true. So for me, not yeah. having to lug the suits around and the garment bag, and you can just travel in a, basically, a, you know, a back sack. Yes. And yes. I don't want to go back to suits, me personally. I get it from the professionalism. I yeah. get it from the image. I get it. But times are changing. Times are changing. If we can stay in this casual wear, I am all in. And you save a lot of money. <laughs> oh, it's, funny hey. that you, it's funny that you say that because when we, when we do college game day, I have a pair of court purples that I wear every now and then because I wear Jordan 1s a lot. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think I'm pretty clean up top. Right. The kids never mention a single thing about my pants, my tie. My company. The first thing they say, nice shoes, man. We <laughs> like those. You, you, so you're down in. I absolutely agree with you. Ed, Ed looks Ed's like Clooney over at Villanova. Whatever he wears, he's gonna look good. <laughs> it just it just it just puts a lot of pressure on the swoosh to come up with all these new half zips. Well, coach, we're blessed because uh, when, when you're in the casual gear, you don't have to pay for anything. I know that closet ain't empty now, bro. No, it's not. <laughs> the thing is, though, <laughs> you know, you, you need your suits when you're doing your fundraising. You got to go to dinner. Mm. You know, there's a time and place. But I've always thought, why would you put on these suits? You're sweating like crazy. I'm, I'm like, and I'm a big. I mean, I literally can wring my clothes out after a game, like. I don't understand that. I've never understood that. I never understood it in, in athletics. Like baseball, the managers are in the, a, a uniform. That's a good point. Managers are and, like, and, and please don't put on a uniform. It wouldn't be a good I'll tell you what. Tell you what <laughs> I think I would look pretty good wearing number 23. Let's go. I mean, <laughs> Gary Williams had to throw his suits out after he wore them once. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very, I mean, I'm very similar. Like I'm, I sweat a lot. I just don't understand when it's that emotional, that competitive, and I'm an emotional coach. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I got sweat on top of sweat. 
You know? <laughs> so I hope we stay casual, baby. I really do. Last, last thing before you go. I called you yesterday. You were watching a movie. What was the movie? So my wife and I are watching Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. motivational. You know nice. what? I, I, I said, babe, I'm not watching this. I mean, I, I needed some power, some power book. You know what I mean, right. you right. know, I, I needed a little Ozark or, um, <laughs> you know, uh, I actually like it. <laughs> hey, 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 what would Ted? What would Ted say to you uh, when you have all these people throwing all this money at you in, in come March? <laughs> you know what? Is, okay, now that I've watched about eight episodes, he'll be like, "Does it change your life? Does mm. it change your life? Mm. What makes you happy? Where do you belong? Do you inspire <laughs> other people." <laughs> That's what he would say. Yeah. And thank you for bringing that up because Jay Billis has been, I'm like, uh, Jay Billis is bringing up always these Ted Lasso references. I have no idea what he's talking about. No, no, no. no. (laughs) I didn't, me personally, I didn't think I would. I'm like, who, what the hell is that? You know what? As a coach, I'm like, interesting. I love the story. He was playing dots against this arrogant owner of the soccer team. And he was playing dots and they had made the bet. And he said, Something about someone who's curious versus someone who is, um, I forget what, but it was about curious. He says mm. leaders are more curious than whatever. Mm. And he was throwing dots. And I guess the guy was a really good dot player. And he says, you never asked me how curious I was. And he, he said, I've been playing dots against my dad since I've been 10 years old. Wow. And he threw one right in the middle of the dot board and he collected whatever he was going to collect. So wow. It, it, you know what? Not that it's not power. It's not power. I got you. I got you. I mean, it's not New Jack City for me. Old school, school, you know. Old school. (laughs) But that's good. The minute you called, Coach. Minute you called, I would change my schedule. Anything to thank and appreciate you, though. Seriously, I mean that. Thank you for thinking about me all the time. Thank you for checking up on me. Uh, Thank you for being a mentor. You know what I mean? Like, I know who I am. I know who's been there. And I just, that's why it said, coach, you pick a time. I'll change. I got you. I appreciate it, man. Love you. Yes. Yes. Thanks a lot for having me on. Fonzarello, some big time games tonight. We'll be in the studio. Yes, sir. Uh, Purdue, Illinois. Mm -hmm. Uh, I look at Illinois and you look at the starting five, the great Jared Burson, the world's most inquisitive basketball guru researcher <laughs> uh mission is he Ted Lasso? Is he, Ted Lasso? He, he, he could be uh okay. and he just gave me the information the other day that this illinois team granderson williams mm-hmm. uh plumber frazier and kofi coburn are the most efficient group of five players in all of college basketball they're Not playing surprised. against they're playing against noah's ark Yes. With Jay Nivey, who's getting about five more shots a game. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the two-headed monster and Trevion Williams and, and Zach Eady. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sasha Stefanovic, who's one of the best post feeders who gets the ball off as quick as any guy in the country. Mm-hmm. Who, who do you like in that game? I give uh, Purdue the slight edge for that reason. If you look back to the game that they that their previous game, it was a close game, uh, tough uh, down the stretch. Kofi Coburn cannot get in foul trouble. When he gets in foul trouble, it changes the 
the complexion of their offense. They become more exclusively perimeter oriented when he's in the game. Uh, now all of a sudden you use them as a screener. He's in the dunker spot. He's posting. Uh, the movement's really good because you have to decide whether you're going to double him or if you're going to let him play in single coverage. You double him. He's gotten to the point where he's a better passer out of it and able to get angles and get to the basket. So I, because of that and his having to guard two, not one, <laughs> he's got to guard Zach Eady. And then all of a sudden Zach Eady goes out. Travion Williams comes in. He's got to guard the two of them. I give Purdue the slight edge because they just aren't as good without Kofi Coburn on the floor. Fonz, you know me, I put things in simplistic ways. Yes. Kofi Coburn, you would say, is a player of the year candidate. You take he him off the court. He and Oscar yeah. Shibwe. He right. and Oscar you take, Shibwe. You take him off the court, obviously you're not going to be as good. So obviously they're going to make him guard. That's, you know, as a game plan, exactly. you would say, I'm going to make him guard. Exactly. I do, love, I do love the Illinois backcourt. I think yes. value, and I think the yes. they can guard anyone. I think Trent Frazier shooting about mm-hmm. 38 three yep. plumber every time she shoots it they got toughness even Cabello he's so different than those three yep. because he keeps his dribble alive and gets to the basket I think I think it's gonna be a fascinating game uh then Purdue turns around on Thursday one day in between and they've got to play a Michigan team mm-hmm. so I mean like that's almost a back-to-back if you think about it uh, right. as a as a player uh obviously Purdue has great depth how how hard do you think it would be for Matt Painter to get those guys unplugged, plugged back in, rebooted, and get ready to play a desperate Michigan team. Yeah, the the these days, Seth, it, it's interesting because my, my perspective on it has always been different. And my my uh, son-in-law, my daughter went and checked it. I had I played better on the back nights, uh, on the second night of the back-to-backs because my body's all nice and warm, ready to roll. Uh, obviously, the, the scouting aspect with one day between the games, I, I think because of the depth that Purdue has, uh, too deep and actually three deep at certain positions, but at least two deep in all five positions. I don't think they have as difficult of a time uh, unplugging, replugging from a fatigue standpoint because they can play so many different guys. Another interesting one tonight on, on ESPN2 is Auburn, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Auburn, the other day, obviously, uh, find a way to win. Wendell Green goes wire to wire, lays it yes. in. They survive. I mean, Georgia was in position to win that game. Wendell Green, Katie Johnson, absolutely fearless. We understand that. Jabari only goes, I think, if not mistaken, one for seven, only gets seven shots up in that game, which, again, is is puzzling to me. you got to get your best player more shots. But Mm -hmm. those guards are down. Arkansas, on the other hand, I think they've won seven or eight in a row. Yes. They went to to this bigger lineup. Two bigs. It's become absolutely terrific. And their Mm -hmm. guards are big. Mm -hmm. How do you think the undersized guards of – Auburn will deal with the big guards of Arkansas. Now, still saying that Arkansas uh, Auburn's got obviously Walker Kessler who blocks yes. up the sun. <laughs> I was getting ready to say, uh, which yeah. is is pretty special. Uh, mm-hmm. Who's really good in that short roll or the yeah. middle ball screen when people down it? Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you like in that game? Uh, I'm going to Auburn, and, and and it's interesting that because it it ends up being about this time of the year. Can you so so you we're as players, we're physically nicked up. We're a little mentally exhausted. And I actually thought that it was a positive for Auburn to be able to pull out that win when your best player, Jabari Smith, only gets up seven shots. Because now it says, it suggests that you have enough firepower and enough defensive balance on the other end to be able to win games uh, that are close when your best player doesn't get double figures. So 
I know that Arkansas's big guards are likely going to try to post Wendell Green and those guys who are only like six feet tall. But I still think in the end, Walker Kessler's ability to be able to block shots on the interior and the fact that they've just shown a couple times now throughout the season where they can win without Jabari Smith being great. That's cool. And last one, USC, UCLA this weekend. You, you know, obviously UCLA had a very rough trip to the Arizonas. Yes. Uh, <laughs> couldn't finish the least. game against Arizona State. Obviously emotionally yeah. exhausted. Maybe have to play in Arizona. Didn't defend the way they mm-hmm. did. And by the way, that was old school uh, Pac-12 basketball because that was the Friday, uh, Friday, Sunday combination. Mm. Or so, or, you know, which, you know, is a hard, those, those old day ro- old school road trips when you went on, for two games, mm-hmm. I mean, they survived that Colorado Utah one where they went on the mountain right. road trip, but didn't survive uh, at Arizona State. Uh, you know, Mick Cronin not happy with their defense, uh, which obviously is, and it's a rivalry game. It's USC, it's, yeah. it's UCLA, it's you know, it's not Duke Carolina where it's a national game, but it is a national game because you got two top ten teams potentially. Uh, USC terrific defensively, Mobley's yes. been absolutely terrific. Mm-hmm. Peterson looks over the defense. Mm-hmm. They don't get split. They play in more pack line defensively. Uh, they're another experienced veteran team. Yeah. Uh, even talking to Mick a month ago, he said, you know what? Don't sleep on USC. They That's right. Really, really good. Who you like that one? Yeah. The USC presents some problems because they're, in, they're the third tallest team in the country just have tremendous length, but I think UCLA will play with a bit of desperation. Said so I know Mick's not happy with the defense, but I'm looking at them over the last uh, two games or so. I think their weak side movement has stalled because now all of a sudden I understand that you want to exploit mismatches with Jaime Jaquez, uh, Johnny Juzang flying off. But all of a sudden that ball is pounding when it gets to an individual player. There's no movement. I, I think Mick will address both the defensive issues that they have, but also get the movement going. And I, I have UCLA winning that game in a close one. All right. Last thing. We're starting a little new thing on the couch, off the couch. Basically, you know, we've all got in trouble <laughs> at one point in our life and we've been sent to the couch. All right. A lot so, of my early twenties. Yeah. In your early twenties. So, I mean, obviously it's not the best place to be and you want to yeah. get, you know, from the couch back, obviously, you know, in the bedroom, That's right. you know, with your wife. So like, That's like right. our new segments, basically on the couch, off the couch. You're like, if you're, you know, if, <laughs> if, if, if you're on the couch, that means you're not playing very well. If you're off the couch, that means, you know what, you've kind of, things are going well. So get, pick pick a school that's on the couch and off the couch. Whew, let's see. So right now, UCLA is on the couch with the way that they've not been defending and with the poor ball movement on the offensive end, too much isolation basketball for them. And uh, Seth, they're not, I, I couched Purdue early in the year, uh, about, about two or three weeks ago, right? And, and, and defensively, they're, they're starting to improve a little bit, but I'm still not completely convinced that they're off the couch. So they're, they're, they're knocking on the door. They're starting to do, and, and what I mean by that is this is a national championship caliber team that has uh, two bigs that we've talked about already. Uh, Jaden Ivey, who you can give the basketball to in short clock situations who can create shots for himself and his teammates. They have all of the pieces. But defensively, they've just not been getting it done, uh, falling asleep on blockouts, uh, not tagging the, the strong, the weak side guy, not tagging the roller. They're starting to do those things a little bit better. So they're not completely off the couch yet, but they're knocking on the bedroom door. You couldn't even make a decision. So you, you have them like in the hallway. In the hallway. In the hallway. All right. Uh, here's my, my team off the couch. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, you know, they've never actually been on the couch this year. Is it, you know, you you got you got to give a little love to Gonzaga because we, we got to always stay up late, you know, late to see them. Exactly. They're, play, they're they're playing at warp speed. Timmy and yeah. Chet Chet Holmgren's mm-hmm. been much more physical, much tougher, uh, much more competitive. Uh, just really, you know, with a sense of purpose. Yeah. And then my 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 team on the couch is is shocking. They won their first fifteen games. Is Baylor? Yeah. You know, Baylor right now, Kinjo. Yeah, he went over for eleven. He's got to be better than that. If, mm-hmm. if Flagler's out or Cryer's out, it looks like Cryer might be out for a while. Yes. That gives him a guy that's like a microwave that can come off the bench and make shots. Matt Matt Meyer. Not is, playing great. Yeah, I think he's got a new role that people take for granted. Well, yeah, he's just going to step in. Well, you know, that sounds good, but he's getting the other team's best defender. He's yes. a focal point on the scatter report. It, it's just different. So I'm putting uh, Baylor on the couch. I know Coach Drew, he's a very positive guy. He'll, 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 under, he'll understand. He was on with us last week. He'll understand why. He'll use it as a motivation. Yes. He'll come up with some type of saying and, you know, I'm sure he'll work his way off the couch, but right now mm-hmm. he's on the couch. It's just the way it is. You know, I, you know, it is I, what it is. And so we got to let the people know being on the couch is not a super bad it's a learning thing. It's, experience. Than, it's a learning it's, experience. It's better than a divorce. It means that you have opportunity for improvement to be able to get off the couch and back in your sleeping in your own bed. Fonts. Yes. Divorces are pretty expensive. So let's, let's see. <laughs> you know, you, you want to work your way. You want to work your way through the hallway for sure. Like exactly. Divorce, divorce probably costs you a couple couple of bucks. It could change your lifestyle. <laughs>